Hello friends, I'm Matt Baum, and thanks for subscribing. The first 18 episodes of this podcast contain the full audiobook version of my book, Defining Marriage, and now every week we talk about what's happening with marriage equality and ghosts and stuff. Oh, it's a ghost that's doing scales. Or a ghost that's being tickled. Are you a tickle ghost? Are you a little ticklish ghost? I'm dead. <laughs> You're tickled to death. I what have, a way to go. I have unfinished business. This is my partner, James, everyone. I don't know if we've ever actually introduced you. <laughs> nope, I don't think you have. Yeah, anyway, so this person, it's not just me talking to myself. Uh, or is or it? maybe it is. But uh, but you're James, Am my I? partner. Oh, I'm your boudoir baby. Yeah, no, not that. Oh. Uh, we need to discuss the boudoir baby. Must we? We must, because uh, the boudoir baby, we do uh, game streaming from time to time on Twitch at uh, Pretty Pretty Pixel on Twitch, all one word. Yeah, please do join us, by the way. It's at twitch.tv slash Pretty Pretty Pixel, and we're on every couple of days playing video games live, and we can interact with you, and you can leave us messages and chat about video games and stuff. And one of the interactions that happened between us was the boudoir baby. Yeah. Uh, a baby who says goo goo gaga and I did a bad one <laughs> and things like that. And he really seems to upset you. And at least uh, a few of our viewers, I think, uh, believe that you are actually being abused. Um, and now, the thing is, I-, I do this because you are so entertaining <laughs> when you are miserable. No! And that encourages me to make you miserable so that you will be more entertaining. So essentially what I'm saying here is I don't want to have to victim blame you anymore, Mm -hmm. but it's hard not to when you keep making yourself a victim. And that's really entertaining. (laughs) So the real victim here is me. Uh Uh-huh. That's true. You're absolutely the real victim here. Here's the thing. Yes. Is... You've seen me when I'm actually miserable. When I'm actually miserable, I don't play along. I just clam up and I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> you certainly do. Um, I'm a real pain up. in the neck when I'm really unhappy. You clam up and then when I pry you open, there's a pearl. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. revolting. It is. Um, but I, I wanted to propose a toast mm. to the ladies who munch, uh, or rather the ladies who watch us stream. Yeah. And I presume munch while they watch. Uh, ooh, a big crunch of muncha. Mmm. Yummy. Uh, I think you should have a boudoir baby safe word. <laughs> if the boudoir baby goes too far, yeah. then I think you should have something that you can say. And everyone knows that it is a safe, sane, and consensual baby. Mm-hmm. Because if you are actually uh, having distress, you yeah. can say your boudoir baby safe word. Well, we've, we've always had a safe word. What? Have we? Yeah. What is it? Are you are you serious that you don't know what our safe word is? I don't think we have a safe word. We established this years ago, but I don't no. think we ever used it, so you've probably forgotten. I don't... When We established it? Yeah. When? when? Like, literally over a decade ago, and oh. I don't think we've used it in a decade. What were we doing a decade ago that we needed a safe word? <laughs> That's when we were... We were doing a lot of, like, um, trust falls. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think it was under similar circumstances that you would tease me a lot, mm-hmm. and I would pretend to be outraged by it. And then I think early in our relationship, you were legitimately concerned, as a reasonable person would be, that I wasn't having a good time. Mm-hmm. And so I said, if I ever want you to stop, mm-hmm. I'll say, for real. That's not a good one. I also didn't know that that was true. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't think I've ever called upon it. But well, for real was to be our safe word. You agreed to it at the time. Okay. Well, I, I feel like I would laugh at it if you were like, stop the boudoir baby for real. I'd say, <laughs> it is a bad safe word. What would, 
What could I possibly... Here's I, here's what I think your safe word should be for yeah. when you want the boudoir baby Is to stop. Is it going to be something that makes me more unhappy? I want you to stick your thumb in your mouth <laughs> and suck on it uh, until it's all wrinkly. And then I want you through your wrinkly thumb mouth to say, Goo goo gaga, baby no like it. Baby no like it. <laughs> Do you think, is this something that if I'm in a bad mood, what's more likely, that I'm going to want to do that or uh, that I'm going to want to slam a door and storm out of here and well, go home to mother? Well, no, I think you need to control yourself and use your safe word. Use your words. Don't don't lash out with microaggressions or macroaggressions or micro-machines. Uh, use your words, your safe words, your goo-goo-ga-ga. Uh, baby no That like is it. literally not a word. So give it a try. Put your thumb in your mouth. I will not. Uh, put your thumb up your butt. I'll put my thumb next to my mouth. Okay, and goo goo gaga. Goo goo gaga. Baby no like it. Baby no like it. Baby did a bad one. Don't. What? Baby did a bad one. <laughs> Baby did a bad one. Baby poo poo. How long is this incantation? <laughs> it's a spell. It, it, it banishes me to the land of wind and ghosts. What was it? Baby did a poo-poo? Baby poo-poo. Just baby poo-poo. Baby poo-poo. We don't need a, a verb. That might be the baby's name for all we know. Gaga goo-goo. Gaga goo-goo. These are the lyrics to Lady Gaga's next song. Okay. That's not bad. Wait, I, I'm not going to do this. this is you not, have to. This, this isn't a-, a safe word. We can't have a safe spell. <laughs> Why not? We need something that I can say without making m- me more angry at you. <laughs> uh, get out of town. Nope. Well, you don't like that one? Uh-uh. To the moon, Chester. Maybe. Maybe. What about just, I'm angry at you? No, 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 no. Here's what you should say. I'm going to go sit on the toilet. And I'll know you're serious because you don't sit on toilets. No, nobody does. It's disgusting. You float over them like a specter. I, I don't know what's wrong with people. I, I, I find it impossible to believe that people put their clammy, fleshy thighs <laughs> on toilet seats. It's gross. It's a great time in there. You get to spread it all out. You get to put a little uh, tray in your lap a with chair. a meal. If you want to sit on something, sit on a chair your with your phone pants on. and your 3DS, and you get to just like spread everything across, like like butter over the porcelain. Yeah. No. No. It's t- first of all, it's not porcelain. When it, when they're never porcelain. They're plastic. Toilets are plastic. I only sit on the finest porcelain toilets. Is it like? A sculpted, like, porcelain knick-knack that you'd have on it, like a porcelain cat or cockatiel or something? I only sit on porcelain cockatiels that accept human waste. Okay, maybe that's our safe word. (laughs) Porcelain cockatiel? Yeah. Now listen, you porcelain cockatiel. But you'll know that that means that you're sitting on it. I'm not. You are. I'm not sitting on it. You're sitting on the cockatiel. No, I'm not sitting on anything. I, I sit on things with... My pants on. That's not always true. Not always, but I never sit on a toilet. That's gross. It says you. I'm going to teach you to like it. Anyway, what's, uh, why am I here? What is happening? Well, we just watched The Money Pit, and so we're, this episode's going to be a review of that film. Okay. Uh, Roger Ebert hated Roger it. Roger Ebert hated it. I thought it was pretty good, although I didn't like the relationship stuff at the end that felt very perfunctory and tacked on. Whatever. I thought all the gags with the, with the house falling apart around them were, were good. I liked it. 
It starred Hitler's pool boy. It uh, it's a it's a multinational. Here's another thing. So the movie starts and ends in Rio de Janeiro for some reason. The rest of it takes place somewhere in New York. What the hell is all that Rio de Janeiro stuff doing in there? That's a fun little framing gag. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know why we're traveling the world. Speaking of traveling the world, the real reason we're here... Sure. Uh, ...is to talk about international marriage. Oh. Which is the subject of the money pit, appropriately enough. Yeah. It's not. It opens with the Tom Hanks' dad getting married. Okay. It ends with Tom Hanks and Shelley Long getting married. Spoiler alert. All to his dad? To his They're dad. All marrying They're his dad. All marrying his dad. Okay. And it goes to South America. The movie goes to South America for reasons that are totally unclear. We are going to be taking a trip to Australia on oh. this episode. Good day. Australia's going to spend $160 million at least to vote about marriage. Oh, okay. Why? So the politicians don't want to actually pass any kind of marriage equality bill, even though in the last survey, 72% of the public supported the freedom to marry. Really? 72%? 72%. That's yeah. quite overwhelming. It certainly is. Yeah. But uh, politicians don't want to pass a bill, so they Why are... not? It beats me. Like, with those figures, I think they just are afraid that, like, the remaining 28%... The remaining 28% represents uh, very powerful people, namely the Catholic Church, and hmm. they don't want to piss off the Church, I guess. I really don't know. Cause... Oh, no, aren't they a, a land of, of rebels and criminals? You'd think. Anything goes in the in the outback. Sure. Uh, that's what they tell me. Uh, so, no. So, uh, instead, what they're going to do is they're going to do things uh, democratically, and uh, they're having an election in July, July 2nd. They're going to be voting on new prime minister. Okay. And sometime after that, Turnbull is the incumbent, and if he wins, he will have a, what they call a plebiscite, which is a disgusting name. It sounds like some sort of, I don't know, it's it's what happens to your body when you turn 18 or something. But, uh, it sounds like some like post-puberty hormonal change sure uh they're gonna be having a plebiscite Mm -hmm. uh on marriage equality and it's they've set aside 160 million dollars for that one election thing Mm -hmm. um estimates are that it could cost as much as a half billion dollars why why would it cost that much in various things not just to the government but in lost productivity of holding an election of the um actual money that would be spent on the election itself Injury, the potential for injury to LGBTs that are posed when their rights are put up to a vote. Uh, so the amount of money that will be wasted by doing this rather than just having, you know, elected leaders pass a law, pass a bill, uh, is estimated by PricewaterhouseCooper to be uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of $500 million. Okay, but with public polling the way it is, it seems pretty likely that this is going to pass? It does. Okay. It seems very likely. Uh, so the Australian Christian Lobby, that is the actual group that's uh, leading the opposition to marriage equality, mm-hmm. they are desperate to find any advantage or toehold they can find in this, uh, in, in in their campaign to oppose marriage equality. One of the things they want the country to do is to suspend the national ban on hate speech uh, so that they will be more free to campaign against marriage equality. What? Yeah. So they want... Uh, they are saying they want to do hate speech. Yes. Okay. They say that the ban, the non-discrimination language ban is overly broad, uh-huh. and it prevents them from saying what they really want to say, which is that LGBTs are inferior and uh, marriage equality is an act of violence against children. Okay. 
Is that true that they're not allowed to say those things? No, no. So there was a little bit of a dust up. Uh, They were handing out, the ACL was handing out this pamphlet to Christian uh, Catholic schools that said essentially these things, that uh, LGBTs are bad people. And uh, there was a complaint, and then the complaint was investigated, and then the complaint was dropped, and they're free to do whatever they want. That sounds like a position that wouldn't necessarily qualify as hate speech, but I don't know how things are in Australia. Yeah, uh, apparently it was enough for them to investigate, but not enough for them to do anything about it. So, okay. So so if the ban was suspended Mm -hmm. uh, temporarily for them to do all the hate speech they want, um, they think that's going to win people over? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we just need more hate speech. That'll get people on our side. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I, I, it's hard for me to see what their game is here. Like, it seems like a, the, the last act of a desperate organization. Like, they just want to be able to say something mean because it's fun for them. And they know they're going to lose. They're just, as long as we're going to go out, we might as well go out with, like, the most vitriolic rhetoric we can come up with. Here's what I think they're hoping for. Yeah. I think they're hoping to be victims. I hope they. I think they're hoping that they will say something truly awful, and then the government will come down on them, and they can be like, look at what those gay marriage people are doing to us. You can't even say what you want to in church anymore okay so this is about what you can say in church oh it's not really i mean that's what they're trying to make it about we see the same thing here they're like oh our first amendment rights or freedom of religion is being trampled Uh um and and it's all because of gay marriage no it's not Mm-hmm. But, they, you know, they're, they're trying to turn it around on that because they know they can't win if they just talk about gay marriage. They have to talk about, like, what, oh, what victims we are. Sure. And they also want to talk about how, what, children are victims? Yeah, yeah, that marriage equality is an act of violence against children. Sure it is. Sure it is. Well, explain that to me. What is that position? Oh, that's nothing new. The people in, in this country have been saying the same thing, that every child deserves a mother and a father, and it's you're tearing children away from having mothers and fathers, and you're telling children that either their mother or their father is unnecessary, so even children of straight parents are being told that they don't need one of their parents. It's ludicrous. I mean, how is that an act of violence? Ugh. I mean, you. it's it's such a stretch. It's such a stretch that, that it's... It's, it's child cruelty to deprive children of uh, both a man and a woman in their life. doesn't matter how good a parent that is. It doesn't matter how much those parents love them. doesn't matter what kind of parenting those parents do. As long as one's a man and one's a woman, that's all a kid needs. Huh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, huh is the only response to Because that. often uh, the woman or the man uh, who are parenting a child are doing actual violence yes. to the child. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if the American... If, if the Australian Christian lobby really wants to be concerned with violence against children, yeah. I don't know. Maybe actual violence ought to be their focus. There is an awful lot of actual violence that happens against children. Maybe that would be a more productive thing to go after rather than going after the notion of motherhood and fatherhood uh, and what harm it might do if that notion is altered. Like, that seems like what, like the act of violence here is that a child's idea of a man and a woman in the role of mother and father may be modified if marriage equality becomes the law of the land, and that the modification of a child's idea of gender roles is somehow an act of violence against them. Meanwhile, there are plenty of parents who beat the shit out of their kids and don't feed them and molest them and so on and so forth. And uh, most of those are straight parents. Yeah, I mean, gee whiz, uh, given the option between uh, questioning ideas about uh, gender normativity and putting out your cigarette on a child's arm, uh, I feel like one of those is a bigger problem than the other. Yeah, but as long as uh, it's a heterosexual putting the cigarette out, it's fine. (laughs) Are you ready for some good news from overseas? Uh, Sure. You remember our old friend Hanscom Smith? 
I he, nobody kisses like Hans Gomsmith. <laughs> Apparently not, because he just got married. Oh. Congratulations, Mr. Hanscom Smith. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly, but I don't know how you could pronounce Hanscom differently. It's just a name I've never seen before. Hanscom. Sure. Anyway, Hanscom Smith, senior diplomat, currently serving as the U.S. Consul General in Shanghai. Okay. Just married his partner, Eric Liu. They were in San Francisco, and they got married. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was announced by the U.S. Consulate in Shanghai. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. They hashtagged it Vacation of Consul General. It's not a good hashtag. It's not a great one. It wasn't trending. Yeah, I mean, who, who else is tweeting with hashtag what, Vacation of Consul General? Yes. Uh, very few. Very okay. few, I'm afraid. It's, it's a hard one to jump on. It, sure, and it also doesn't leave a lot of characters left over <laughs> to uh, add your own tweet. No, basically you could say hashtag Vacation of Consul General. Hello. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Hanscom Smith and his partner Eric Liu were vacationing in the U.S. and got married in San Francisco. Very sweet. And and a lot of well wishes on uh, the Chinese version of Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, Weibo, and uh, everyone was in pretty good spirits about it, which was nice. Uh, China's not a great place for marriage equality, but uh, in general, internet citizens were uh, pretty supportive. Sure. I mean, I also, you know, I, I know nothing about China, but I wonder to what extent it's like, I don't know, some foreigners did a, did a thing, like, we don't do that here, but, you know, it doesn't bother them. Yeah. Uh, it didn't seem to really make too many waves. Sure. Aside from people saying, congratulations, isn't that nice? Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm sure they know that's just a thing Americans do now. They mm-hmm. Men marry men, dogs marry cats. That is what we do here. Anything yes. goes. Da, 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 da. Uh, so in China, there was a lawsuit uh, that uh, failed earlier this year uh, to challenge the country's marriage equality ban. Uh, people behind that failed lawsuit said that they'll appeal, so that might be in progress. Um, okay. It was just in April that they uh, that we got the ruling. So we'll see what if, if there's any progress from that. Is there any possibility of that going anywhere? It's possible. Hard to say. It's possible. Government is generally pretty opposed to anything Mm -hmm. gay-related. It's not something that is even spoken about. Sure. Uh, So there's, you know, among the many things that the government just doesn't want to talk about, that is one of them. Mm -hmm. So uh, it seems unlikely that there will be a lot of progress there. But, you know, the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step and all that. I'm going to the Isle of Nabubu. Tell me more about that. I'm putting one foot... In front of the other, I'm gonna walk to Victorian London in the 1940s, and I'm gonna find a children's book, and I'm gonna go on a magical journey to the Isle of Nabubu. Was this prompted by anything that I said, or was this just a song that was percolating in your head? <laughs> it's the journey of a thousand miles. It begins with me stepping into a painting. Okay, did I accidentally reference something that made you think of something? <laughs> I think of it all. Good. I don't know what you're. It's talking all connected. About. The Isle of Nabubu. Yeah, all right, tell me more about that. There's the that? there's the five sided star with the Latin inscription around it. Okay, and, and now... the dog faced man and the king of the lions. I think you may be having like some sort of like weirwood vision. <laughs> you know, there's a there's a serpent. Is this a, an Eden story? Is this from Winnie the Pooh? It's from the time when men wear garters. Is it and women wear giant hats? A C.S. Lewis thing? Why are you making me guess a reference to something that I clearly have never heard of? The Isle of Nabubu. The bookman knows. Okay, is this from Paddington? No, no. My only clue here is London. Oh, Victorian London, though. So. Except uh, during World War II. Victorian London during World War II. Mm-hmm. That's definitely 
definitely a thing that happened. Uh huh. Is it a reference to Bioshock or something? <laughs> no, no. There's the there's the football. You're giving me clues, but here's the thing, James. This is like giving me clues to a mystery that I haven't even read. The woman who solves the mystery ends up under the water kissing a fish. Wait, is this an actual thing? Yes, and okay. the woman who solves the mysteries ends up under the sea. The Incredible Mr. Limpet? No, that's not the woman who solves the mysteries. Is it the girl who fell overboard? It's not Goldie Hawn either. Is it Splash? It's not the fish-faced freak. I'm running out of things that involve women underwater. The woman who solves the mysteries goes underwater. Oh, oh, it's the movie with Angela Lansbury and the dad from Mary Poppins. The man with the garters. What it's is... from when, it's the time when Shoot. men wear garters. What's the name of that movie? I can't believe I've forgotten the name of What is the name of the movie? Come on along and listen to my breasts. <laughs> Because, you see, there's that scene at the end where she's the showgirl and she's walking down the tracks. But I know exactly why you said that. What is the name of that movie? What is the name of that movie? Jesus, lady, get yourself under control. <laughs> you seem to think that this is about Angela Lansbury's lasciviousness. It is. That's what that movie's about. No. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, cast your spell this way. <laughs> That's uh, right direction. Yeah, I, I know, because she's a witch or she's she learns magic. Mm-hmm. The twinkling eyes of Mrs. Farber. <laughs> That's not even her name in the movie. It's not. What's her it's name? Mrs. It's Ms. Price. Sure. What's the first Englantine. name? Englantine. Yeah. Sure. Why is that at the tip of my tongue? Ooh. Englantine Price and the Mystery Children. That's not what it's called, but it's a good title. Oh, shoot. Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Oh, you got there oh, faster than I, I thought. I did. I did. The Isle of Nabooboo. Really? It's called that? Yeah. Good lord. Maybe we need to see this movie next. Say, Traguna Macoides Tricorum Satis D. All right. Enough, enough of your erotic spellbinding. Substitutionary locomotion. You do things, and now Angela Lansbury's in the ocean Dancing with fish and stuff In a scene that's really long Get her out of the ocean Before I end this song The ocean scene goes on for too long It does As does, as does the it's, Nabubu is the Is that the island yeah. with the cartoon animals? Yeah That goes on for too long, too I mean, sure. I liked it as a kid, but mm. No, I didn't It's mm. too long Anyway, uh, speaking of too long Yes uh, Too long, foo t- Okay uh, Roy Moore Remember our friend Roy Moore? That's that guy. Yeah, he's yeah. been Chief Justice for too long. Has he? Okay. Not anymore. Really? As of today, all oh, the Judicial Inquiry Commission has decided that he, quote, flagrantly disregarded and abused his authority, and he is out. Again? This is the second time it's happened to him, right? Yep. Well, are people just going to vote him in again? Yep. Oh, okay. Well, so... so- so here's the background on this. Uh-huh. Judge Roy Moore, a couple years ago, he's the guy who made a big fuss about the Ten Commandments on the lawn of the government property, blah, 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 got kicked out of office because he abused his authority. But Alabama does this stupid thing where, uh, like the rest of the country, we're allowed to vote for public officials for some reason. But in Alabama, we're allowed to vote for Supreme Court justices. And so even though he got kicked out for abusing his authority, he got voted right back in. So there's no mechanism in place to be like once, I mean, there's no way to bar someone from the ballot for being removed for abusing their authority? Apparently not. You could just run again and again and again. I guess it's possible that you could get a restraining order against somebody to prevent them from running, but that may be Hmm. unconstitutional. Huh. 
I wonder if you could. Well, I'm trying to think what what criteria could disqualify someone from a ballot. Like, is uh, I I don't know. Are there criteria that could disqualify someone from a ballot? That's an excellent question. There's a lot of criteria that disqualify someone from voting, but I don't yeah. know if there's anything that disqualifies someone from running. Yeah, like felons can't vote, right? Correct. In I think in certain most elections. contexts. Right. But I can felons exactly. run? It may be some constitutional thing that that you're always allowed to run for office. I'm not really sure. That's a good question. But anyway, he ran for office after he was kicked out last time. He's going to run for office again. So he's not out-out. He's suspended. Okay. Uh, I mean, could they rubber room him where they uh, just, like, they don't actually kick him out of office, but he has no authority? Maybe. Maybe. So the Judicial Inquiry Commission has said that blah, 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 you can't be Supreme Court justice for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he has to uh, get another hearing, and one of the outcomes could be removal, but maybe just sort of, like, putting him in a in a, in a a box. Sure. And I'm thinking specifically of one of those, like, personal sauna machines where your blah. head sticks out. Oh, like Commander Pike. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the whole thing is covered in, like, his black judicial robe. Sure. So it just looks like a head on a platter. So he's a, a comedy Dalek, kind of? Yeah. He rolls into a room with a with his head on a plate. Oh, or um, that gag from Bewitched, where it's a, one of those silver platters with the dome, and they lift up the dome, and it's Paul Lynn's head. Yes, yes, just like that. So that's what needs to be done to Judge Roy Moore. Please, uh, Judicial Inquiry Committee, if you can uh, make those arrangements, please do. I mean, could they put him on, like, parking ticket beat or yeah, something? That would be amazing <laughs> like something where that. there's no moral like he can't morally grandstand he still would of course of course i mean just before he um got before this ruling happened earlier this week he uh just called a press conference just standing in a rotunda with a bunch of lawyers around him talking to the press in his robes about uh what a what a travesty of justice is that he even has to uh, be held responsible for his actions <laughs> Uh, after this ruling, I bet that's not what he actually said. No, it is not. After the ruling, what he said is that the Judicial Inquiry Commission has, quote, chosen to listen to people like Ambrosia Starling, a professed transvestite, and other gay, lesbian, and bisexual individuals, as well as organizations which support their agenda, unquote. Okay. So, who, who, who is this professed transvestite? Uh, Ambrosia Starling is... It's a little unclear to me, because some of the news reports say that she's a trans woman, and other reports say that she's a drag queen, so I'm not sure who's right and who's wrong. Other so, she, she is not professing no! that she is a transvestite. No, he's it, professing he, is, he is professing that she is a yeah. transvestite. So, she held a marriage equality protest on the steps of the government building, mm-hmm. and uh, so he blames poor Ambrosia Starling for uh, all of his woes. Yeah. Good grief. Uh, yeah, it's... It's true that trans women really are the ones wielding all the power in our culture. Boy, boy. In Alabama in particular. Yeah. They've got all the power. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's what's going on. Some nice news in Alabama. I could not be more pleased. Congratulations, Alabama, on uh, (laughs) second time losing this horrible man. Uh, Also, some good question mark news in Virginia. Okay. Uh, So there's uh, this divorce case. Good. I like it already. I know. I thought you might. A heterosexual couple Uh got divorced, Mm -hmm. paying alimony. Sure. Uh, The husband was paying alimony to the wife. Okay. The wife uh, began cohabitating with another woman in a marriage-type relationship, and Virginia law says that uh, after you are living for a year in a cohabitation that resembles marriage, mm-hmm. uh, you are no longer entitled to alimony. So the husband huh, okay. said, uh, "The husband said, uh, oh, well, I shouldn't have to pay her anymore because she's been living with this woman for a year, and they're basically married even though they didn't get married. And okay. this is how the law applies to straight people. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the wife said, well, uh, Virginia doesn't, doesn't apply that way to same-sex couples in Virginia because Virginia never passed any laws like that. So even though I'm living in this same-sex relationship right now, uh, I don't think I should be treated equally. Huh. It's a fascinating take. And uh, also, please give me your money still. Right. Does the law need to specify the genders of the people involved uh, in the cohabitation? No, it does not. Okay. Uh, the ruling here is that the law doesn't specify the genders, mm-hmm. uh, and that is a signal that the law wasn't meant to specify the genders. Right. And I would be pretty sure that even if the law did specify the genders, that would be unconstitutional, because mm. that's basically what we found from all this marriage equality stuff, is that, uh, you know, due process and equal protection requires that people be, the laws be applied to people equally. So if Virginia said, oh, well, uh, this alimony thing only applies to straight people and not gay people, that's probably against the law. Right. I mean, it seems like any laws pertaining to marriage, um, now that the the marriage genie is out of the bottle... Hello! I was expecting Barbara Eden's voice, but that's a good one, too. Now that that genie's out of the bottle and is marrying all the gays, forcing them down the aisle... Down! (laughs) Um, They don't want to, but they get married anyway, and or they cohabitate lustfully. Yeah, Um, like we do. But now that... uh, Yeah, now now that that's the deal, then I guess all the marriage crap... And divorce crap uh, applies equally. Yep. Uh, it, it was just led to this strange situation where uh, the ACLU was representing the husband, the uh, heterosexual ostensibly husband. Sure. Uh, who was, you know, doing battle in court with his uh, wife. So it was the, the ACLU was, was representing the person who was in opposition to a same-sex couple. It's well, weird. I mean, nothing about this suggests that he's in opposition to their couplehood. No, no, no. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's, uh, well, who knows? Well, I mean, but I, that's, I'm thrilled. But... I'm sure that wasn't the issue. The issue was who's entitled to whose money. Right. And yeah, I mean, it seems like all the shitty divorce stuff would apply equally, regardless of the, the genders of, of the people who were married and the future partners of the, the people who were formerly married. Yeah, and it is shitty. But I will say... Imagine how much worse it would be if there was just no law and there was no way to know who was entitled to what. Because that's the way that LGBTs had to live for an awful long time. If you were lucky, you could have contracts that establish these things. But it's so much better to have a framework of laws and systems and how do you adjudicate this stuff than just having to like throw your hands up in the air and say, well, I don't know. Laws don't, don't, don't apply to you people. Yeah, so that's the that's the the pleasure bucket that gays can find themselves in now. Is uh, now we're we're dealing with uh, ends of relationships. Yes, and uh, getting lawyers involved in the ends of your relationship Ooh. and uh, bills and accounts receivable. Oh, and, and accounts payable. Oh, and, and and big bill, Billy Bill Blue Balls. Ooh, is that is that like a uh, like the Tooth Fairy, but for your balls? Yes, the first time you get blue balls, uh, Big Billy Club slips into your bed with you uh-huh. and uh, humps you in the butt. Oh, and it, like, punches you in the nuts. <laughs> what? That's Because that's what gives you blue balls. That's what makes your balls hurt. No. Every time you get he... blue balls, there's a little spirit punching you in the balls. Oh, I see. That's how they work. That's how it was explained to me. Mm. The birds, the bees, and the balls. Yes. That's the talk I got. <laughs> it wasn't. It didn't make a lot of sense. No. A bee stings your testicles. Mm-hmm. A bird and, makes a nest in them. Yep. And a baby comes out. Oh, yeah. That's where they come from. Ugh. Why did it... Why did, how is a stork the symbol of symbol of pregnancy? It's the sexiest bird. Is it? Is, Look I at guess those it's got legs. those legs. Yeah. Oh, it's like Angelina wow, Jolie wow. is a bird. What? You remember when she had that dress? No. She was standing funny. Angelina Jolie had that dress and she was standing funny oh, with, with the, the leg, leg out. out. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Now imagine that, but on a bird. Mm-hmm. 
do-do-do-do-do, start spreading the news. Oh uh, why, is that a leg song? I don't know. It's it starts spreading your not. legs. <laughs> is that what you were thinking? Yeah, start spreading your legs. Were you going for She's Got Legs and She Knows How to Use Them? What is that? Is that a song or yes. is that an ad campaign? It's both. Wait, is it the ad campaign for legs, the the um, the stuff that came in eggs? I think it was. Legs come in eggs? She's got legs. And she knows how to use them. Does that just mean she, she knows how to walk? She doesn't fall over. She, yes. At some point in her life, she learned to stand upright yeah. on two legs. She's able to maintain her balance. That was her greatest accomplishment. <laughs> She's come a long way, baby. The Google Gaga. No. Yo, you summoned the baby. Oh, the baby. The baby doesn't want to talk about walking. The baby likes to slide around on a poo slide. No. Does the baby walk? Does the baby know how to use legs? The baby doesn't have any legs. What? The baby baby doesn't have arms and legs. What? The baby is like the guy from Kids? Is it a baby or a kid? The baby sucks other people's thumbs because the baby doesn't have a thumb. Oh my god, You've, you're painting a horrible picture. The baby just loves to suck it. So good. The thumb oddly. Okay. We've got one more marriage thing to talk about this week. Oh? Uh, it's me. I'm going to propose. And what a time. I'm gonna, <laughs> it's so romantic. I'm going to propose that you shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you... You're doing this, like, shoulder pose. You're, what? It's like you're uh, pulling down your evening strap. Am I? What? What is that move? <laughs> pulling down my evening strap? You know how a woman will sometimes... Uh, Pull down her evening strap to reveal one shoulder and half a boob? First of all, what's an evening strap? How is it different from a daytime strap? <laughs> Matthew! Does a woman change from her evening strap into her day strap? You wouldn't wear the same strap out to a, a night at the theater Are you just that d- you would wear to, to say, the office uh, kiddie pool. What woman is wearing s- just straps around the office? Wait, are you describing Lulu from Final Fantasy? <laughs> yes, she she's has wearing- she has many straps for every occasion. Okay, so she's just... Women go around in gowns made entirely of straps, uh-huh. is what you're saying. And then when night falls, <laughs> so does the dress. It certainly And they does. shimmy into a different strap. They have to put on a different strap. They also turn into werewolves. Oh. I, I'm doing the oh, shoulder thing again. You what are. That? That's I don't know. I, I didn't notice it until And you, you also almost turned into a wolf yourself with that, uh, ooh. ooh. Werewolf of London. Yes. So funny. Anyway, uh, Target. Target. Uh, the target of my affection. Is that me? Is is that I? Uh, I don't know. But is the... I that? What? I'm trying to conjugate that sentence and it's getting worse and worse. You is what am. Oh, now you're Popeye. Uh, target. Or, or God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How do we know they're not one and the same? Wait, is that a line from the Bible? I is what am? <laughs> I, I did Muffet a bit. It's not that. You're my little Miss Muffet. Uh, so Target. You might have heard Target's been in the news lately. Target? I don't even know it. They've been letting people use whatever bathroom corresponds to their gender identity. Okay. And, oh, it's the end of the world. All right. That's been going okay, mostly, with some hiccups here and there. Have you seen, like, people have been protesting? A few. A few people have gone into pro- into Targets to protest uh, about an inclusive bathroom policy. Good grief. Okay. So there's this video of some preacher going into a target and yelling at everyone saying that they're all they're all going to burn in hell because what? they let trans people use the bathroom. What? The, yeah. 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 There was another guy who was protesting apparently somewhere in Illinois. I don't, wait, and, like I don't even know. Like okay, with the gay stuff, there are a couple of verses that if you really want to be a stickler, you can say, look, the Bible says don't do this. And and there are some verses about wearing of clothes and whatnot. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, the shellfish and whatever. Yeah, yeah. In amongst the other bullshit. But... I, w- l- I, 
I don't know if you're doing the baby voice or if you're just flabbergasted. I don't. I don't know how you get upset about where someone poos unless you're going with like weird, like really old, like <laughs> temple stuff about like separating men and women. Like I don't know. The Bible doesn't say anything about where you poo. Like the the idea of men's rooms and women's rooms is not only like fairly modern; it's also fairly American. Like we're very prudish about who poos where, mm-hmm. uh, except in our homes. We well, all have we all why? have gender neutral bathrooms in our homes. Well, that's true, but I mean, like, just public urinals that are just open, like just a place to pee in public, like that's just a thing in European cities. Oh, it's very sophisticated. Well, I mean, it's very convenient, especially if you're <laughs> drunk. Um, yeah, no, it's better it, than it's better than peeing in an alley or in someone's bush. That was one of the first things we did in San Francisco. We were there on Halloween, mm. and we were walking back from the Castro, and we're walking up one of those hills, and there was a little nook off the side of the hill, and there was a woman kind of like leaning up against the, the fence, and I thought that she was hurt, mm. and so I went up to her, this is in the dead of night, and I was like, I started to say, are you okay? And then I realized that she was squatting and peeing drunkenly, and she was like, ah! And I was like, oh god, sorry. Yeah. That was my welcome to San Francisco. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so people are protesting yeah. th- that you can go into a bathroom and do your business. They are, they are. It can't be okay. allowed. Uh, so the National Organization for Marriage is very what? unhappy about this, and they are now boycotting Target. What does this have to do with marriage? What an excellent question. Okay. They don't have an answer to that. Oh, they don't? No, okay. no, no, no. They, they just don't. don't like it. They just don't like it. What does it have to do with marriage? What indeed? Well, it's very convenient for them because they've been boycotting Target for the last three years. Okay. So I guess they're just extending their boycott even further? I don't know. They've been boycotting them since Target filed some court briefs that said they supported marriage equality. Which, okay, okay fine. That's in line with the National Organization for Marriage's mission. Mm-hmm. This bathroom stuff? What are you doing, Nom? So the bathroom stuff, it's clearly not about where people go to the bathroom. It's clearly about something else. But what is it about? Like, why are people so obsessed with it and angry about it and protesting? And why do they think it's such a big deal that someone who they will not see go to the bathroom because they're probably using a stall is in the bathroom and using the bathroom and they'll never know? Because it's so important to them that men are different from women Mm -hmm. and that men conform to what they think men are supposed to be and women conform to what they think women are supposed to be and that they do different things and there are some things that one group can do that the other group can't and that's how it has to be. But why is that so important? In my experience, people get very uptight about rules and identity when they are insecure about their own. I don't know if that's what's going on here, but it's certainly something, a pattern that I've seen repeated time and time again. I mean, I'm just wondering if it has really nothing to do with transgender people or bathrooms. It just has to do with with this sort of formless, free-floating anger that animates, you know, the Trump campaign and things like that. Just this anger and frustration that the world is changing in ways that certain people don't like and that they feel like they are left behind and they are no longer the masters of the universe and they need things to take that anger out on and they need things to crystallize that anger around. So, you know, Obama has come become sort of a lightning rod for it and marriage for a time was a lightning rod for it. And now it seems to me like who is using the bathroom is a lightning rod for that just anger that's out there. I think it's a very human instinct to detect that someone is different from you and then assume that they are going to attack you. 
So if you see they belong to a group that isn't mine and they're very different, they must be dangerous. Maybe. I mean, all the violence you hear about when it comes to transgender people is violence against transgender people. Yeah. You don't hear about transgender people doing violence. I mean, I guess where you hear about that... So, you don't hear about it in reality. Where you do hear about it is fantasy. There are lots of fantasies about transgender people kidnapping people and cutting their skin off and making skin suits or robbing a bank to get gender reassignment surgery or whatever. Sure, sure. But uh, in general, that does not happen. And and to be fair, I mean, there are uh, transgender criminals out there of course, in the world. Of course. But uh, no, this like fantasy of like, oh, the trans people are, are, are freaks and perverts and criminals and they're all going to attack us. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's just not true. I mean, it is a trope in the media, though. Yeah, because there are things about trans people that are different from cis people. And trans people are examining their lives and living in a way that, I mean, honestly, is not that different from cis people. Uh, you know, you you go to the grocery store, you buy a pair of shoes, you have a job, you call your mother on the weekends. I mean, there's so You make many... pee-pees and poo-poos. Exactly, exactly. Uh, there are so many ways in which trans people and cis people are alike, uh, but there are certain qualities to uh, certain aspects of a trans person's life that are different, and I think cis people are becoming aware of that, and it is so different that they are freaked out by it and they think that they're under attack. I mean, I'm just guessing here because I really could not get inside the head of one of these like, oh, they're coming for us in the bathroom people. I just don't know where all this panic is coming from. Sure. And I'm also trying to understand what is so threatening about someone transgressing gender expectations. Like, why is that so frightening and so upsetting? Yeah, like, what is it about gender? I don't know. I guess it's just from an early age. It's something that is drilled into us as a foundational element of our identity. And if you don't know or if you're not secure about what your identity is predicated upon, you cling to those things that have been baked into you. I mean, is it that gender is one of the last things, at least from a certain point of view, that is an immutable truth, that sexuality and things surrounding spirituality and, uh, you know, things surrounding governance and so on, all the things that people used to count on as just, you know, this this is the way it is, and it's not going to change, and this is very clearly there's a black and white right and wrong, like, communists bad, capitalists good. Um, And now we're in an age where a socialist is doing really well politically. And we're in an age where, you know, men can marry men, women can marry women. Is I am a man, she is a woman. Is it frightening that, like, once that goes... Like, what is even left? Yeah, what even am I? I don't know if it was this way for you, but when I was a kid... Gender was so important um, with the toys that you played with, the lines. Like, whenever we lined up in school when I was very young, there would be a boy's line and a girl's line. For a boy to be called a girl was insulting, and for a girl to do boy stuff was weird and she would be unwelcome. Like, it was just assumed that boys and girls were fundamentally different, and for one to cross over into the other was something terribly wrong. And it was it was not something that we ever questioned. I mean, I was aware of that. I think I was um, odd in a lot of respects. You were. I, I was. Uh, you know, like, I, one week I would want Transformers, and the next week I would want My Little Pony. Then the next week I would want Laser Tag, and the week after that I would want Gem and the Holograms. 
It was just Legos for me. Oh, I had tons of, yeah, I mean, Legos too, but Legos at the time were not gendered. Legos were just, you know, castles and farms and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like there was the, the girl Lego set in the pink aisle and the boy Lego set in the gun aisle. Uh-huh. I mean, I was aware of that. Yeah, we lined up in different lines and things like that. But also, um, like, if someone was, if a boy was teasing me, my go-to move was to kiss him. Um, and that really freaked them out and made them leave me alone because it was, they they had no, they they had no parry to that. There was no, um, like they had comebacks for if you tried to insult them or, you know, they could do, they could fight back if you tried to fight them. But if you kissed them, it was just like, and they would kind of wander off. Um, I mean, I was always pretty comfortable not caring if people thought I was being feminine or masculine or, or whatever. So it, it's, it, it's always been kind of weird to me that people think that's like so important to like figure out, like it, people who are trying to figure out like, is that really a man or is that secretly a woman or, uh, c- who cares? When I was in fourth grade, the girls suddenly discovered this incredible thing that they could do. They could pool their Barbies. Like yep. they could bring all of their Barbies in and at recess, they could put them all together and have this like massive Barbie collection to play with at recess. And um, so there was a sort of like communist Barbie commune that <laughs> emerged. And at one point, one of my friends, a boy started playing with the girls and their Barbies. And the entire school freaked the fuck out about this boy. Um, I was so glad not to be the center of attention for once. Everyone was deriding this person and like people who didn't like him were like, can you believe it? Oh my God, it's incredible. I mean, this went on for days, Mm -hmm. for days. And like, as his friend, I was like, what are you doing? Oh my God, you have to stop. And looking back, I'm like, I don't know how we learned that he wasn't supposed to do that, Mm -hmm. but somewhere we did and we couldn't get over it. I mean, I was, so I really wanted a Cabbage Patch Kid, which was a girl's toy. Yep. And they were really hard to get. So when we finally got one for me, it was, her name was Claudette, because, you know, they came with the birth certificates. And I was like, no, it is Claude. And uh, Claudette lived as a man from then on. Um, And that was fine. I knew Claudette came as a girl. But Claudette was uh, Claude to me. I had a Cabbage Patch Kid, and I liked it, and I knew that I could never tell anyone that I had one. But... Because it was a girl toy. Huh. I mean, I was aware... I was aware of that, for sure, because uh, when I was a kid, people called me Jamie, and at least in the early 80s, um, all the Jamie-themed things that you could buy that were, like, personalized were were the girl version of whatever thing it was. Mm-hmm. So, like, if it was, like, you know, one of the birthday cassettes, it was like, happy birthday, Jamie. It would always be like, you know, you're a really special girl. <laughs> um, and, it's, you know, whatever. I uh, I still think you're or a really like, special girl. You know, like, when, when there were stickers, it would be like, you know, unicorns and rainbows as opposed to, uh, I don't know, a, a laughing skull. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, that was, I, I was aware that that was strictly forbidden for me as, on, as much as I liked it. You weren't getting that from your parents, were you? I don't think I was. I don't think my parents were telling me that. It must have been peer pressure. Hmm. It must have been just social indoctrination. I've always thought my peers are fools. Yeah. And so, you know, that didn't bother me too much. Yeah, I guess. I guess. And I I don't know why it was so important to me, because I generally did not have too many peers that, I, that, that cared for me. Uh, so... 
I don't know. I don't know. Somewhere along the line. I think it, maybe it was because I, I wanted to be more popular. Uh, I was like, look, the, the, if you want people to stop tormenting you, you're going to have to follow some rules here. You know how you don't make yourself popular is you get the soundtrack to uh, either Little Shop of Horrors or The Little Mermaid and get on your sister's bike and ride around the neighborhood with a Walkman singing it at the top of your lungs. That would have made you so popular with me. Yeah, I had, uh, I I would take my sister's bike because it had the big banana seat that was so much comfier than the spiky boy seat I had on my, on my bike. Mm. Uh, It had the streamers on the side and a basket where I could put the Walkman and uh, I would pedal up and down the neighborhood just belting uh, Howard Ashman songs. If we had lived near each other, and if I had witnessed you doing that, I would have thought, oh my god, that is the coolest person <laughs> I've ever seen. It was a strawberry shortcake bike. I would have fainted. I was sitting so right cool. on strawberry shortcake's face. That's a part of the industrial design maybe they didn't think of. <laughs> that that giant banana seat was like her face looking right up, like like waiting to receive you, receive uh-huh. your taint. <laughs> And now, and now I am that seat. <laughs> now you're the purple perennium man. Ooh, that that is going on my business card. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm glad that we got over that, and my hope, I guess, for, got over what? I'm glad that we got over our baggage about what boys are supposed to do. Well, I mean, you never really had any. I but guess. At least I mean, you're not being harassed about it now. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's all about us. That really doesn't do anything for uh, trans people who need to go potty. Yeah. Um, it's very frustrating because I wonder if one reason that this is frustrating for us is because this is something that we've grappled with and processed and we're done with. And then there are all these other people out there in the world who are, uh, either at the beginning of this journey or unwilling to take it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I mean, I dealt with this when I was five. Well, I mean, there's that, but then there's also like in adult life, we both worked at a company. we, We both worked there at the same time where someone was transitioning and, and there were other people who had already transitioned and there were other people who had already transitioned. And, uh, it wasn't like, I mean, the company sent out a few emails, just like, here's, the deal. Here's what we expect from everybody. Two immediate coworkers too. I mean, it wasn't yeah. like a company wide thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was, but, but I mean, it's sort of you know, here's what we here's how we expect you to behave as professionals, and uh, we don't expect there to be any problems because this isn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. And to my knowledge, there weren't. Although I wasn't privy to. I mean, to my knowledge, but... yeah, I, I don't think they would have been like, "Hear ye, hear ye." There have been problems, <laughs> but uh, no. I mean, I think it went. Uh, I think it went well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I didn't experience it myself, so it may have been stressful and awful for all I know. But but also, we never experienced any sort of uh, behind the back gossip. No, about, like, no. Can you believe? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is. I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah, um, I, there was definitely just sort of um, in terms of like Osif Osif Gopop, um office gossip. That was the and name chat. of the person. Yes. <laughs> Asif Goblop. No, I, I mean, people weren't being catty and shady behind or, the scenes. Or worse. Or, yeah, far yeah. worse. Uh, but no, everything was just fine. I mean, uh, to be fair, this was in San Francisco. So True. that was probably, a, a, if, if you're going to make again, that announcement, that's the place to make it. it. It is also not our story, not our experience. So I, I wouldn't go so far as to say, like, we know it was all fine. Mm. Uh, I just didn't encounter any 
problems related to that myself. There were no preachers wandering the halls screaming well, uh, that anyone was going to going to hell about it. That's true. That's true. Or and I mean there were no coworkers being like, "Well, I, you know, I'm I object. How can you expect me to use the bathroom at work anymore?" Well, and again, I don't know. Maybe that happened. Maybe that happened. Someone took it to HR and, mm. you know, didn't need to block the bathroom. But yeah, I mean it, it's it doesn't have to be a big thing. I mean, where someone goes to the bathroom, I don't know why it's anyone's business. <laughs> why? How does it hurt anyone to have someone just use the bathroom, wash their hands, and leave? So when this all this bathroom stuff started, the claim was there's going to be a big hairy man in a woman's bikini staring at your daughter in the bathroom. Right. And, I mean, there was this horrible transphobic rhetoric about, like, that's what trans people are. Sure. And then I think they got the message that that wasn't acceptable and that wasn't flying. And so, like, right before he dropped out, Ted Cruz had shifted a little bit, made it a little bit gentler. I'm uh-huh. not, not going to say it was gentle, but it wasn't as horrible. Uh-huh. And he was saying things like, well, yeah, 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 the trans people aren't really the problem. The real problem is that actual perverts and sex creeps are going to use this as an excuse. They're going to use it as a shield. They'll know that now they they can just say, well, I'm trans and I can be whatever I feel like today and I could just use the bathroom to be a sex creep and a pervert to stare at your daughter. Okay, but if there's a man who is in a ladies' room mm-hmm. staring at little girls mm-hmm. and not using the bathroom for what it's meant for, but he's in there to harass or intimidate or assault mm-hmm. or whatever... That's covered yeah. by a variety of laws already. Here's the thing. If there's a man doing that in the men's room... Sure. ...that's covered. If there's a woman, woman doing, doing that, that in, in the, the men's room, room or the whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so, I mean, I think that by the end, the, the nightmare scenario that Ted Cruz was trying to paint mm-hmm. was there's going to be some heterosexual sex creep who's like, heh, 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 I just want to look at little girls peeing. Right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put on a dress and say that I feel like a woman today, and I'm just going to go into the bathroom and I'm going to peek through the cracks between the stalls. Sure. Which is already a crime. Regardless yes. of, I, you know, what bath... Cis people in the bathroom they identify with aren't allowed to peek through stalls and watch people go to the bathroom. But, so, the... I don't know. I don't know what he thinks is going to happen. Because, like... The, so let's step it back a bit to where it's not bathroom harassment. It's just a... Like, the sex predator man is going to put on a dress and just, like, go into the bathroom and, and pee and, and leave? And, and get a little thrill? And, like, that's his thrill is, like, I peed in the women's room? Sure. Okay, and they're also talking about, like, privacy. It's all about our privacy. And uh-huh. that, like, our daughters should be able to use a locker room and be entitled to their privacy. Uh-huh. Without men, like, walking in and, like, staring at them while they change. Sure. Again, if someone's staring at you in the locker room, uh, you know, depends on where you are, if it's at school or at a gym or whatever, but there are steps you can take. Now, I, I do think, you know, we are men, and I think... <laughs> we are men, and I think that there is the possibility, uh, not possibility, it's its something that's come up, is that some women have expressed that they feel uncomfortable with the idea that, you know, this could threaten them. Um, and, and I get that. I also, I hate public bathrooms. Um, I want as much privacy in a public bathroom as possible. I don't know why stalls have enormous gaps 
below and on all seams. Like, yeah. I, it's it's crazy. Like that's the thing is there there is no privacy in bathrooms or locker rooms. Like oh god, the locker room at the gym is the worst. I mean, like I would love if there was privacy. Like if I could so, sit inside my locker to change, that would be amazing. I don't want to stand up. Like oh god, that thing that people do have to do in the locker rooms where you're like everyone's like facing the locker and you do that weird crouch to get out of your pants and into them as fast as you can. Yeah. There's always like one person who's like totally comfortable with it, mm. but everybody else is like oh god, to change as fast as I possibly can. But it, I, I mean. Whether there are men or women or something else there, who cares? What I was going to say is I, I think that there should be accommodations for people's level of comfort and privacy. And so I, I don't see why it would be a problem to have. I mean, I understand this is a facilities thing and expense, but if it's a place that has multiple restrooms to have a men's room, a women's room, and an all-gender inclusive restroom. I don't think that would solve the problem, though, for the Ted Cruz's, because trans women will go into the women's room, and, I don't know, is Ted Cruz going to freak out and be like, no, trans women allowed in the women's room? I mean, here's the yeah, solution. Yeah, you're right. That doesn't that doesn't solve the, the boogeyman problem. Here's the solution. Just everyone stop pooping. Mm-hmm. Problem solved. Just stop it. It's gross. Knock it off. No. Stop it. Ugh. Gross. No. Don't do it. There. Solved. Done. Solved. Moved on to the next problem. Uh, what is the next problem? Too many alligators in Florida. <laughs> Are there? Yeah. Not enough. <laughs> no, too many. They uh, haven't been eating the, the people fast enough. They, that's true. That's true. The people, the humans of Florida and the alligators of Florida are, are locked in combat, and I'm rooting for the alligators. <laughs> anyway, that's all, the, that's all the gay marriage news. Oh, By discussing marriage uh, for an hour this week, we are now hereby considered married. No. But not to each other. Oh, good. To the bim. Oh, with a bim. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's that's the news this week. Uh, I guess uh, next week we'll see where we are with the uh, Australian plebiscite thing, because that's a story that's moving fast. And I bet Roy Moore's going to have a few colorful words. Magenta. <laughs> Fuchsia. Do you think he's going to become an interior designer now that he has all this time on his hands? Maroon. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, please do get in touch and, and let me know your thoughts on the show. Burnt umber. You can do that on Twitter. I'm at Matt Baum. And leave a review on iTunes. Those reviews make a huge difference, and they make me so happy to see. Vermilion. Don't forget to hop over to Amazon and get Defining Marriage in print or via download. And if you do pick up a copy, please do leave a review on Amazon. And check out my other podcast, The Sewers of Paris, for revealing personal stories about how entertainment has changed the lives of gay men. This past week, my guest was Kevin Yee. He was in a boy band in the 90s. Not just like some local haha, wouldn't it be funny boy band, but like a major record label like Warner Brothers Records boy band. Uh, he was in for three years and shares all of his... Uh, incredible experiences behind the scenes of, of what that was like and uh, how he, he got out of it and was like, oh God, that was uh, that ruined my career. And then he bounced back. Periwinkle. And until next time, by the power vested in me by the internet, I hereby pronounce this podcast over. Red velvet. That's just a cupcake. You're just a cupcake. Oh!